Hello, we're continuing our study in Psalm 27 today. If you have your Bible, we began last week on Friday with the first three verses. Yesterday, we looked at the next three verses. And today, we'll look at the following four verses. There's 14 verses in Psalm 27, a Psalm of David. We began verse number one, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. Verse 4, one thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me, he shall set me up upon a rock, and now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. And that's the end of verse 6. Now, the next uh, verses in the second, almost half of the chapter, verses 7 through 14, read a little bit differently. Not so differently, but you can tell a shift in the tone So much so that some people have suggested that these ought to have been two different psalms because they might have been written by two different people. But that suggestion really misunderstands the nature of a life lived in pursuit of God. The reason that they think, some people think, not most people, think that this should be two different psalms, two different tones, because the first six verses that we just read, that I just read to you, are verses filled with faith and confidence. Um, Verse number six, or verse number five, he'll set me up upon a rock. Now, rock, that's some strong language. That's um, steadfast, immovable. That's great. That's a good foundation. But then the next verses, the next several verses, read a little more uh, desperate, if I could say, a little more fearful. But very near in the Christian life, and you know this, very near to the mountaintop is the valley. And you could have a wonderful Sunday filled with faith and you're, you're, you're charged up. You've gotten your uh, tank filled, so to speak, with the preaching and you're encouraged. And then you go out into the world and something very real happens that makes you uh, a little bit fearful. It tests your faith. Now, that always happens. The fear comes upon you uh, all the time. It's going to happen in life. But the fear that continues on is faith. You're on the mountaintop. Inevitably, there's a valley. For there to be a mountain, there has to be a valley. One implies the other. You cannot have a life of just mountaintops, otherwise you're, you're, you're in flatland, okay? <laughs> if you continue on, you're, there's going to be ups and downs. There has to be. And when you get to that valley, that fearful place, you've got to just continue on. Walk on. Keep going. Verse number seven says, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. 
have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidst, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. And that's the end of verse 10. And that's all we'll, we'll look at today. And, you know, in life, when you are confronted with this fear, if you won't take a step forward unless everything is perfect, unless every question is answered to your satisfaction, unless every doubt is erased, then fear has crippled you. I think sometimes fear is disguised as prudence. You think you're making a wise decision, but really you're just filled with fear. You must walk on. Trusting God implies an uncertainty. Just like a mountaintop implies a valley is coming, trusting God implies that there's uncertainty you've got to trust him through. Same thing with faith. If you had all the answers, there would be no faith required, and faith is just the thing that God does require. Verse number seven, he said, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me, and answer me. When thou saidst, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. God wants us to seek his face. And that's the one thing in verse four that David is seeking after. Remember, Yesterday, we said, one thing, he said in verse four, have I desired of the Lord? One thing, one thing have I desired of the Lord that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Inquire there is another word for seek. It describes seeking God. And David said in verse eight, when thou saidst, when you said to me, God, seek my face, my heart said, thy face, Lord, will I seek. And that's what God wants. He wants us to seek his face. Deuteronomy 4.29 says, But if thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him. If thou shalt seek him with all thine heart and with all thy soul. And that's what David said he was doing. Uh, David said, God, you've commanded me to seek your face. And that's exactly what I'm doing. And I'm doing it from my heart. My heart said, thy face, Lord, will I seek. And in verse number um Nine, it's interesting because he says right away, the very next verse, hide not thy face far from me. Sometimes we think that that God is in this game of hide and seek with us. Like I'm just trying to seek God's face. I'm trying to seance him into a, a presence with me right now. But really, God's God wants to be found. <laughs> God doesn't make his will difficult to find. God doesn't make a relationship with him difficult to ascertain and find. Um, Let me read you a verse in Micah chapter three, verse four says, then shall they cry unto the Lord, but he'll not hear them. He will even hide his face from them at that time as they have behaved themselves ill in their doings. You see, God wants to fellowship with you. If you've trusted Christ as your personal savior, you're the child of God, he wants to have that fellowship, that ongoing, personal, open relationship with his child. But there are some conditions. 
And the thing that separates us from having that close fellowship with him, of course, is sin. In the Bible, this language, particularly prevalent in the Old Testament, about God's face being towards someone, meant or it symbolized that the blessing and favor of God was upon that person or upon the nation or upon the family or whatever. Turn your face unto me. God's face was upon them or unto them. And uh, in contrast, verse 9, hide not thy face far from me. When God's face was hidden or God's face was against, that meant the opposite. That was the judgment of God. The rest of verse 9 says, Hide not thy face far from me, put not thy servant away in thine anger. Thou hast been my help, leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. And so God's not making it difficult. He's readily available. And you can find God right now if you truly seek God. You know, if your life is full of sin or bitterness or things that God is not pleased with, then you're not truly seeking God with your whole heart. And that's what you ought to be doing. Look at verse number 10. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. I was thinking about this. God is permanent. God is permanent. God is timeless. Sometimes you'll find an ad in the paper magazine for a wristwatch, and it will be described as timeless meaning that you're supposed to hand it down to the generations after you. Really nice wristwatch. Basically, that just means they're able to charge you several thousand dollars for this wristwatch. That tells the same time. Anyways, but they say it's timeless. This is why you ought to spend the money, because it's an investment. It's an heirloom now. Okay, it has to be. It costs so much money. It's timeless, but it's not truly timeless. Eventually, that thing's going to break. Eventually, okay. Eventually, it'll wear out. Eventually. Uh, The elements we read are going to melt with a fervent heat, but God is timeless. He was around before time began. That's what it means. He's without time. He'll be around when this world is over, uh, when this life is over. Parents are wonderful, mom and dad, and uh, maybe you didn't have wonderful parents. Um, I happen to have had wonderful parents. I still do. (laughs) I still have wonderful parents. They're still around, praise the Lord. My kids all have wonderful parents, let me tell you. But if you live long enough, eventually you'll outlive your parents. You won't have your parents around anymore to call, to get advice from, to rely upon, to enjoy their company. But God is permanent. That relationship that you have with God is permanent. There'll never be a time when you reach out to him in the middle of the night or you live 60, 70, 80 years and you want to reach out to a friend that you used to have and you remember that he's passed away. No, not God. God is always readily available. He is always right there. There's no way to fully explain how important an ongoing relationship with God is. And one reason is that it will never, ever change. God will never change. God will never drift away from you. He is always the same, and he is always available. And God wants you to seek his face. And his face can be found if you seek him with your whole heart. I love that song, Led by the Master's Hand, which 
reads, As I walk through the road of life, my feet grow weary, and I stumble through the thorns and shifting sand. But I never have a fear about tomorrow, for I'm led by the Master's hand. Through the valley of despair, though I may wander, on the highest mountaintop I soon shall stand. And I'll never walk alone, for my heart tells me I'll be led by the Master's hand. Through the storm, through the night, I'll keep holding on. With his hand holding mine, hope is never gone. When I climb the last mile to heaven's land, I'll be led by the Master's hand.